0: morning. Great to see you this morning. It's wonderful to be able to come together and worship God according to his instruction, his word. What a privilege it is to be able to stand before you and present a message from God's word. Uh, We're in Colossians and moving forward from uh, working our way through it and we're over here in Colossians 3. We're going to try to cover a little bit from verses 5 to 11. That's a lot of text for me. But uh, we're going to try to get that done today. Uh, Do be praying about our gospel meeting as it's quickly coming upon us. And do be uh, inviting people to come and be. I know some of you have already talked to me about people you have invited. Some of us plan on some of those people being with us. So that will be exciting. Uh, It's always exciting to hear God's word preached. It's always exciting to uh, learn more from his word. Today, in this uh, context, we're going to deal with old and new. So uh, you think about old and new, and some people say, well, you know, in the old days, you're living in the past when you do that, you go back, but, uh, you know, let's say you go to the store and you can buy some shoes that are old and they're wore out and have no tread on them, you can buy new ones for the same money, what one you do? I'll pick the old ones. Or you can get this old car that's been beat up and run over and the tires are nearly flat and smokes and the engine knocks and everything. Or you can have a brand new high-end luxury car and it's all the same money. I'm pretty sure we're going to think the new sounds a lot better than the old. When we're going to talk about old self and new self, it is way more ridiculous than that. So, our, my old self was lost in sin. My new self is right in Christ. And so, he he's going to hit this, if I don't get to it at the end of the text, it doesn't make any difference whether you're Jew or barbarian or Scythian or whatever. It's all the same. And so, we're not going to, it isn't different because you're an American, it isn't different because you're, Uh, white or black or Chinese, or it doesn't make any difference whether you're male or female. In Christ, we can have that salvation. And he's going to talk about some standout things here, though, to me. uh, When I look and see in verse 5, 6, and 7, he says, Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body. He's talking about your body, your physical body. He says, Well, I want you to consider them to be dead too. Now, he's going to give quite a list here. So, these are things we're to be dead to. Now, when it says dead to, that means we would have no part in any of it in any way. It was like it doesn't exist to us. Too many times, Christians keep some attachment to some of these. Well, I don't do it much. That's not dead to. Head to means we don't do it at all.
1: So as we look here, he says to
0: immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and greed. And I think that next phrase is so important, which amount to idolatry. So why, how does immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, and greed work into idolatry? Because you're putting those things ahead of God. And when they're more important than God, well, if I don't come to church, I can make more money. That's called greed. And now you've put something ahead of God. Sometimes in lifestyle, I think about the one here that's kind of interesting to me. They all get to it, but impurity seems pretty plain to me.
1: Either it's pure, and if it's not pure, it's impure. How much has to be in something that's pure before it's no longer pure,
0: any, any amount, now, say, well I'm not as impure as, that. Say,
1: then you're impure,
0: and so how important is that, and he says so you have to be dead to it, I'm going to read a passage, I think we mentioned it last week, I didn't read it last week, but. I mentioned it last week, but I'm going to mention another one first, just the very beginning, of the first few lines of, first few words of Galatians 2 and verse 20, where I've been crucified with Christ. Now, let me make sure you realize something, and I've made this, made this point a lot. I'm not going to even get all about the idea of crucified, being nailed something down, nailing it dead.
1: But if you haven't been crucified with Christ, then you can't be resurrected with Christ. And so we. There will be no heaven if we're not dead to these things. That's so important.
0: And he says it different over in the uh, same message, but a little different words in 1 John 2, verse 15, 16, and 17. I believe also, as plain and as simple as it comes, John writes, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Can you love the world and love the Father? That's impossible. One comes first. You'll either love the one and hate the other. Or you'll despise one and be broken. for all that is in the world. Here it is: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the boastful pride of life. All the sins that were mentioned just a minute ago all fall into that. But the one, excuse me, uh, is not from the Father. It is from the world. That's where these the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. The world is passing away. It is, and also its lust. But the one who
1: does
0: not knows, not speaks. Now it's important to know it and to speak it.
1: But does.
0: So follow through. Who does the will? Because we're we don't just talk against these sins. We're dead to these sins. Hmm. Verse six is powerful to me. For it is because of these things. What things? Well, immorality and. Purity evil desires and greed because of these things the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience we talked about that quite a bit Wednesday night in our lesson from romans chapter 5 in verse 9 we can be saved from the wrath of God when you think about god's wrath falling upon people that are recorded in the bible the outcome is incredibly it's devastating Whether we talk about Noah and the wrath of God falling on all the rest of the world,
1: you know what happened to them all? They're gone. Sodom and Gomorrah, the righteous walked away. One of them that could have been righteous turned around. They're gone. The wrath of God. You don't want to make
0: God angry. Now let's understand something. So let's read this a little different. When we think about this idea, because of these things, the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedient. And you are. A son. So, you make God angry when you practice immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. You make him mad. You make him angry. Not you just are displeasing. You
1: anger him. Wow, the wrath
0: of God.
1: So, if I practice these things, I'm as. opposed to God, and I'm at aught with God, the same as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah? I'm just like the people that wouldn't
0: listen to Noah during the 120 years he built the ark, and God drowned them all?
1: I think sometimes we don't want to hear that hellfire
0: and brimstone stuff. We don't want to hear it's this cut and dry. The wrath of God. Well, we have a loving God. We do have a
1: loving God, but He has wrath too. There's, but you know, just mentioned to my parents. Um, they
0: loved me, no, no doubt that. But I got their dandruff a few times, and that didn't work
1: out well for me. Okay, huh. I'll tell you worse than that. I've got God's dandruff a time.
0: If I didn't confess, repent, and obey the gospel, it wouldn't turn out well for me at all. And if I still had greed in my life or still had that idea of immorality or impurity or passions or any evil
1: desire, the wrath of God's going to rain down on me. That is, this passage is huge. The wrath of God.
0: You know, even in uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 24, none of these lists are all inclusive. But we have the deeds of the flesh there, don't we? Well, do you remember the turnout? What's the outcomes of being those who have the deeds of the flesh? Well, he tells us he's warned them about them. And at the end of verse 21, he says, to those who practice such things, that's verse 19
1: through 21, will not, will not inherit the kingdom of God.
0: So if you practice these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will you go to heaven if you live like that? Well, I only got one of them. Oh, no, you can't have none. There can't be any of them. So in Colossians chapter 3, talks about putting on the new self. Let's make sure we understand something. Before you can put on the new self, you've got to get rid of the old one.
1: Let's say this week, here's what you do every day get out, you do work. Some people do more physical labor than others, and so you've got dirty
0: clothes. So tomorrow, you put on the dirty clothes, you put clean clothes on over. The next day, you put on another set of clothes. The next day, but you keep the old dirty ones on. I ain't going to be going to shut up in a car room with you. Well, these
1: clothes are clean. Yeah, but them layers underneath them are, you stink. Huh. When Christians don't get rid of the old self, they stink
0: Got it. First, you got it. I mean, let's just say you put on clean clothes, but you never bathe. I really don't want to get shut in the room with you. Either.
1: No, you got to get rid of the old self. You got to take care of that. Look at
0: Ephesians chapter 5 real quick. Ephesians 5. Jump right to verses 5 and 6. Listen to this. For this you know for certainty. That sounds like there's not much doubt here, that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Sounds like Paul wrote that same message to almost every congregation he wrote to. Well, that would that then be the letter he would write to the church at Franklin County? He did. This applies to us too. He says, You guys are no different than the church in Ephesus, and no different than the church in Philippi, and no different than the church in Colossae, and no different than the church in Rome. So you need to listen to what he said, and you need to make application. Well, we're not
1: that bad. Well, no, we're probably worse. Keep saying, Kim, don't go saying things like that. Without Christ, we're pitiful.
0: So you look at what he goes on to say in verse 7, and I think that's so important when he talks about being sons of disobedience because here he applies it to Christians.
1: In them you also once walked when you were living in them. Did he just tell the church in
0: Colossae, you were as filthy as everybody else was.
1: You know what? And I know he can say that. I mean, this is how bad it is. This
0: is how bad it is. And I think about, we can leave that behind. We can, we can be forgiven, but we have to repent. We have to change. A lot of times I've quoted 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11, to when it gives that whole list of sins. And verse 11 is so important. The first few words of verse 11, here's what it says. So I'm looking at you. Such were some of you. That's what he said in Corinth, and that's what he could say right here in Franklin County. Such were some of you, you guys have been there, you guys have, you guys have committed some of these sins. Well, that ought to teach us not to look down our nose at anybody, then, should it? And then I think about another passage. Matter of fact, I might even turn it in because I really like it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. This dead and alive thing, old and new thing. For you were dead in your trespasses and sin. That sounds like that's pretty certain. In which you formerly walked. What's that mean? They don't walk that way anymore.
1: So, now let me make sure I understand this. So, does that mean we should be less immoral than the world? No. It means we should not be immoral at all. Does that
0: mean we should participate in less evil things in the world?
1: No, that means we should
0: participate in no evil deeds. I'm not here to compare myself to the denomination down the street. I'm not here to compare myself to the United States
1: Congress, the Supreme Court, those in the White House, or even your kinfolk. He says, this is who we are to be. He says, now you better get this
0: gone and this here, but this has to leave first. But now if you get rid of everything and you leave the house empty, you ever been into an old house that's set empty for years? You know, that thing will just fall down because there's no one to keep it up. So it isn't enough just to empty it. Then you've got to put the right stuff back in it, and you've got to occupy it. That is such a biblical concept. But I think we miss when we look at old and new, present
1: and former. This should be easy, dead or alive. Wow. And I know it doesn't take very long till dead stinks. People say, Kindle, that's kind of gross. Well, that's just the way it is.
0: So we have to realize who he is and what he's doing and what he's called us to be. So our bodies have to be dead. Our earthly bodies have to be dead to this. It isn't just some mental practice. It's how we live. So look what he goes on to say in verses 8 and 9. But now, but now, but now, tomorrow? No, but now. But now you also put them all aside. Now he's going to continue. This list is, just continues to grow. Listen to this. Anger and wrath and malice and slander and abusive speech from your mouth. Now, maybe you looked at the other list and said, I don't have those, but you also never get angry, right? And never practice wrath when the Lord says, vengeance is mine. And you never have malice, so you never hold a grudge. And you never talk evil, slander someone. And you never use any speech that would be for the purpose of harsh and meanness, abusive language. And then he says, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self and its evil practices. He says, you're different now. You're a Christian. You're not who you once were. You're who you now are. He talks about that so much, it's amazing. I'm not going to take time to turn to them all, but Ephesians 4, verses uh, 22, 23, and 24, talks about that form. I had a former manner of life. If I wanted to said I could stop and recall it. I could think about those things. I try to leave them behind. Forget that stuff. Let's move forward. But you've got to leave it behind. You can always think about that. And I hear people use say one of the most ridiculous things about themselves. When they're not doing what's right on something, they say, Well, you just have to understand
1: that's how I am. Well then I tell you what I understand, you best repent. That's who that's how you used to be. But that if that's still who
0: you are, you're still in the same condition you were then. Matter of fact, you might be in a worse condition than you were then. So when he talks about that former manner of life, that old life, we've got to remember who it is and what it's about. Here's one I thought was interesting. And I I was just reading in Hebrews, and I thought, I'm going to mention that passage. Sunday. It wasn't even really in the thought of this lesson. But turn with me over to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, that's all of chapter 11, those great men and women of faith, let us lay aside every encumbrance and sin, listen to this, which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Wow.
1: Let us, so let's say we're going to have a race. We're going to have a race. And I'm going to give Ben my good pack. With the pack frame on it, I'm going to put
0: 120 pounds. In. Boy, he's got that then we're going to go run a half mile this uh-huh. So I'm pretty sure with 120 pounds on his back, I'm going to leave him in the dust.
1: Now, I might not without it, but with that, he's going to have a hard time with 120 pounds. And old Dustin back there,
0: he can kind of pick him up and put him down. So what we're going to do is I'm going to Get an old burlap sack and put over his legs and tie a few loops around. Tied them pretty tight where he can't move. He's gonna be in the race too. You know that's what sin does to us. It weighs us down and ties us up,
1: and we can't get anywhere for the Lord. You know we're gonna fall behind over here later. I won't get
0: into all this. Verses 15, 16. We start falling behind in the race of grace because we're all tied up with sin. We can't get anywhere positive. You barely move. You know, if I tie Dustin up like that and I said, We're going to walk down here to
1: the post office,
0: I'll walk down there and be back, and he'll be lucky to be past the trees.
1: Because he's all tied up. Now, Ben might get a little further
0: than that, but he won't be able to keep up with me with that load on. Well, someone will say, Ben's better off than he is. No, he still doesn't make it. He still won't keep up. So as we look at this, we've got to remember it so easily entangles us. You know, that's what Satan does. He just tries to get you to focus on things so you don't do his will. Well, you know, I don't want to teach anybody the gospel because every member isn't who as is faithful as they need to be. Well, you know how many people would get caught the, caught the gospel from the beginning of time? If that was the
1: case? Zero. I mean, from early in Acts,
0: there were brethren who weren't who they were supposed to be that stopped from preaching the gospel. Not matter of fact, when God dealt with them directly, like and I, stopped.
1: and you notice when he poofed them, that's a pretty serious paraphrase it? it says the church became even more evangelistic,
0: but we need God striking people dead well we're
1: we got it. I can read about it. I don't need it to happen
0: again. That's how it is. And so it's so easy because Satan wants to use anything to keep you from being who you need to be. Whatever you do, you can't let that come between us and God. So even in James chapter 1 and verse 24, we guess says we've got to put it all aside. And he says we've got to put on the new self. What's that mean? Well, let's just think about some passages. Uh, Romans chapter, I'm not going to read this one because you guys know it well, but if I had time, we'd read Romans 6 verse 1 through 6. We've talked about it several times. When you're buried in baptism, you're buried, what's the next thing? You're raised. What if we just, I just held you buried
1: there. In a little while, we're going to have to bury you in the dirt. I just leave you buried there because you can't breathe underwater. No, you're raised then. Not the old self, a new self. Walk a new life. In Romans chapter
0: 12, verses 1 and 2, tells us not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's how come it is not important. It is essential. Do you know the difference between important and essential? Essential means no ifs, ands, or buts. It's not important for you to gather together with Christians every time they meet. It's essential. So well, if you don't do it, you need to come forward, confess that sin, and repent. It's, important. it's essential. I got passage after passage to prove that. I'm not going to preach that lesson today. But he said, you know, it's essential one be buried in a watery grave to have their away. It's not important. Baptism is not important. It's essential. That's a big difference. We, well, it's important. No, it's not important. People say, what, you think is unimportant? No. It's essential. People say, You're crazy, Kendall. Well, that's probably true, but I'm right on that. I can give you a verse. If you want, we could spend here a long time because I can run through a bunch of that. Look what he says at the end of Romans 12. Since we mentioned not being conformed, but being transformed, by, look at verse 21, the last verse.
1: Do not be overcome by evil. Now, listen to this. Overcome evil by being more evil.
0: Is that how people live? Well, you're gonna be mean to me, I'll be mean. You're gonna say something mean, I'll say something nasty to you. You're gonna hold a grudge, I'll hold more of a grudge. Is that how people usually live? Sometimes is that how too many brethren are?
1: Sometimes is that how oh we are? He says, I'll tell you how you overcome evil with g o o Well, no, but no, but either yes it was or no it wasn't. There's no but involved. I didn't. I didn't write Romans 12. It's right there, inspired in the Word of God. Jump on
0: down in Colossians. Colossians chapter three. As you go on. <clears throat> Talks about putting on that new self there in verse 10 and having put on a new self who is renewed to the true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Where we find that true knowledge right here recording God's word. Just like we mentioned in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, by the renewing of our mind, that means we study God's word and we restudy God's word. And we quit trying to say, well, it doesn't apply to me here. We just do what it says. And when we haven't done what it says, we own up to it. Go on to verse 11. And renewing, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew. And he goes right on into it all.
1: But listen to that last statement. But Christ is pretty much it. Christ is great.
0: No, it doesn't even say that. It says
1: Christ is all
0: and, you know. Now, it isn't enough to say Christ is all.
1: Christ is all, and he's in all. you know what that means? Man, I want to be this person. It means Christ is everything, all the time. He comes
0: first in every single situation, no matter what.
1: He is in all. He is all.
0: I mean, you think about it, I think about some pastors, I think about how people even mess it up up in religion. They don't even get a grasp on the idea that Christ has all authority of the church. He's the head of the church.
1: Christ,
0: I don't care what other name you want to use, you would be wrong. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Head over all things to the church. Over all things to the church. You miss that Colossians one eighteen. He says he has first place in everything. Well, I'll put him first place here, and I'll put him first place at home. But on my job, I got to keep him about second or third. First
1: place, in where in everything? In your business dealings? Yes. In your communication? Man, that that sounds like
0: that is huge and all encompassing, doesn't it? This whole context right here
1: from 5 through 11 is wow, this is just too much. Without Christ, it's too much. We were talking back, Pat was probably
0: up here scooting around in her chair because we spent quite a little bit of time. We wrapped up Philippians today in the teenage class. And we spend some time in verse 13.
1: I can do all of it. everything God's called me to do. 5 through 11, you can do it all
0: if you get your strength
1: in Christ. If
0: you try to think you can do it all, you're going to fail miserably, and so will I. And I have before. So we've got to realize it's all about getting our strength to the Lord. And isn't it even interesting when Jesus is about to descend into heaven. He tells us we need to go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can even go back and see all authority in heaven and on earth been given unto him. Well, if he has all authority in heaven and on earth, you know how much authority he doesn't have? There is no authority he doesn't have. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. Oh, there's so many things. I could talk about from this, but I gotta end one that I love so much, and you guys know I love it, and I'm gonna slow down rather than just rattling off real quick. I'm not even gonna tell you where it's found until if you have to ask, if you have to ask, you can ask me afterwards. But listen to this. For not one of us
1: lives for himself, and not one of us dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the
0: Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. For you, why do you judge your brother? Or again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, each and every one of us. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall give praise to God.
1: So then each one of us will give account of himself to God. So let us know, when we stand before God in judgment, he might just say, what you got to say to yourself? It's so important to understand Old, my old self, but I have a new self. Let's think about that in closing before we have this invitation. So, so some of us have got some years on us. We maybe are past
0: our prime physically. I haven't really figured out what that is, but it has to hit in your late 20s and early 30s. Your Prime, physically. You don't get faster after that. You don't jump higher after that. That's kind of... But that's what it
1: is. But let's just say you get, so you go to the doctor. And you tell the doctor, and well, I can't see very well anymore. You know, sometimes I have problem breathing. Oh, man, joints in my hand are aching. He says, well, you know, I got two options. So you're in your 60s now. You
0: can't expect to be young forever. But here, I can do this. You can either keep your 64-year-old body thing about 365 or I tell you what I can do I can give you this pill you take it one time and you will be 25 your physical body you won't be 25 but your physical body be in the shape it was when it's 25 how much that pill costs well I'm giving them away today I can take this one time and I roll back and start being tw- and I can ro- I don't act stupid like I did at 25 I just feel like I did at twenty-five. That's right. And you'll be able to run as fast as you were, Jump as Your eyes will work. You'll have a head of hair again. Well, maybe twenty-five, i mine you know God gives early halos. But anyway. No, you look at all that. You 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 would be foolish not to take that pill, wouldn't you? No strings attached. Now, it's been a long time since I was twenty-five. But
1: I'm telling you, physically at 25, I can do three times in a day what I can do today. Let me tell you what: in Christ, we're made perfect, and
0: we have a home waiting for us in heaven. If we do remember to put on that new self. If you're here today and your life has not been what it's supposed to, don't leave here. Don't leave here with any doubt of anything. Just come and confess it, repent, and let's pray over it, and be right with him again, so you know you have a home waiting for you now. Don't try to justify wrong. You know, you cannot justify wrong. Justification for wrong is found in one place within five. You can't do
1: it if we can help you this morning.